Well, hello there. This is JD. And this is Run Talk Run. We go out for a longer run today. And once again, I was hoping to have some company, but that's not the way it's working out, so it is what it is. I'll have company next weekend. I'll have a lot of company next weekend. More on that later. So, so we're walking up the big hill. I'm just going to record my my thoughts on my long run. And I guess we'll call that a show. More on the show idea later. <clears throat> nice day today. Cloudy. But so far, no precipitation. Had plenty of that last week. And I believe it's like 64 degrees. So, very nice running weather. Or, very nice weather to walk up, up, up. A quarter mile hill. It's at a 10% grade is what I'm doing right now. <clears throat> so. And apologies for any frogs or any other amphibians that I might have in my throat this morning. It's early. I wanted to get in a slightly longer run than I've been getting the past couple of weekends because I've been lollygagging it's a word that needs to come back into people's lexicons lollygagging look it up Salve um, and uh, yeah not getting out until much later and then I end up with time time issues as to how much time I have to run Sunday morning before I need to go and Get ready for church, which will be a will be a new adventure after this weekend. We'll talk more about that in a bit, because I'm hoping for 10 miles today. So that's the loose plan. We'll see what we see. All right, <clears throat> top of the hill. There's my electrical pole that I use for my starting line. Make sure that's on, that's on. Ready, set, let's do something. All right. So, if you are a, uh, a fan of all shows JD, you may notice recently I've been doing some recording songs, gym boss. So, and I've done more than you even know. I've recorded fair mountain, and then chosen, for one reason or another, not to upload it. Not that it was bad. 
or if there was anything I was concerned about, because there wasn't. But <clears throat> I just decided against it. So. But today we are definitely not sans technology, but avec technology to use the French there. Avec meaning with. For those of you who do not speak French. All my Anglophiles, which is basically most of you. I think I do have a couple of French speaking listeners. But not surprising that there are very few because, again, I mean, 99.9% of this entire podcast is going to be in English. So, Although, as I've mentioned before, 25% of the English language is, in fact, French. So, one could argue that the percentage of actual French... a podcast where I don't even intentionally mean to speak French. I'm nonetheless using the French language for a quarter of that show. <laughs> there you go. Ooh, nice breeze here. So, anyway. But I'm definitely with technology today, so which is definitely noticeable in how long it takes to get ready to run. So, I always tell, I'm going out for a short run, not gonna record it, you know, it's gonna be three, four miles, it's not particularly hot, so I'm not gonna bring fluids, I'll drink when I get back. And I'm pretty much ready to go quickly, but, and particularly the last couple of weeks, I've had a number of those runs that I've, I've just done straight through, didn't bring the gym boss, just said, nope, if I feel like I need to walk, I'll walk, if I feel good running, I'll just keep running, kind of an old Forrest Gump kind of a thing, so, Very easy to get ready for that, but this now, you know. I've got my phone in case I run across a nice picture because it's sunrise, although it's completely cloudy, so I probably could have left my phone home. I'm not getting the idea that there are gonna be any awe-inspiring pictures from this run. But we'll see. Ten miles is a long way. So maybe, maybe. But uh, I doubt it. So, you know, of course you can hear I brought the gym boss. I've got the recorder. I have water. I've got the keys to my house and a different belt. I've got tech. So, lots and lots of tech. Chest strap is on. And I'm wired for sound as the old saying used to go. So, this took 
significantly longer to get ready. So, and I guess it's one of the. I don't know if I want to say it's one of the uh, downfalls, probably a too strong a word, but it's definitely one of the knocks, I guess, against run walk. Maybe the only knock, really, um, is you can't do it without tech. Well, qualify that. You can't do it consistently without tech. I mean, you can still do your own version of run walk, but will it be a consistent? 60-30 or 20-20 or, you know, whatever that ratio is you want? No. Because nobody has that kind of perfect timing. So it's going to vary. In fact, the only person who had perfect timing just passed away. And that was Charlie Watts, a drummer for the Rolling Stones. If you're not a music aficionado, yes, all a big word, look it up. Well, you may not know this, but that's what made Charlie Watts special. It wasn't because he was technically the greatest drummer in rock music. He was a very competent drummer, all right? Certainly picked the right group of guys to join a band with. I mean, so, you know, that worked out for him. But his big thing, and which all my drummer fans marvel at, is this guy had perfect timing. He was never fast. He was never slow. You know, one of the things that, again, even professional level percussionists run into is of course the fact that they're human so you get tired and you start to slow down at the end of a set or you're a little bit too jazzed and you speed up the song so you're not really keeping perfect time and of course you are what everyone is trying to gauge where they're supposed to be in that song you know you and the bass player you know, that's the uh, that's the spine of any song right there. It's the drums and the bass. That's what's supposed to drive that song. And then everybody else jumps on top. So, but if your drummer is inconsistent with their timing, you'll know it. But not Charlie Watts. Didn't matter. That guy was a metronome. So... That's what he's known for. That's why drummers look at him and go, wow, dude, that's just incredible. Um, and sadly, he's passed away, so there you go. I don't know of anybody else who gets that kind of praise from other drummers that's currently in the music business. So any of my drumming listeners, feel free to weigh in on that. I would love some education on that point. If there's somebody new who's doing the Charlie Watts thing. So, anyway. Alright. Ah, 
deer crossing the road. We'll definitely have a story about, about that, as long as I remember. That being nature that's showing up at my house. So, actually, let's not forget that story. It's a good story. So, we'll wait. Here we go. Here's my walk. I'm going to take my first hydration break. All right. Here we go. Today's beverage is Tailwind. So, all right. So we have some new neighbors on our property. Have a family of pheasants. I initially thought they were quail, but I have since been educated. Because the learning never ends, Solvay. The learning never ends. And uh, it is in fact a fam of ring-necked pheasant. Fairly certain that they were raised by somebody and then escaped because they're very comfy around people, which a wild pheasant would not be. Um, they're very comfy around other chickens, so I think they were probably raised on a farm with chickens. And uh, yeah. They showed up at our house two days ago, and we have some bantam chickens that look very much like the um, female variety of this pheasant. So I initially looked, saw these two things cruising around our property, and went, oh, it's those two bantam chickens that we have. Because we have the number of changes but I think right now about a dozen of our own chickens. And uh, honestly, much to my chagrin, they're free range. Yes, there's some health benefits to allowing free range, but uh, if you want to have a nicely manicured house, free range isn't your friend. So you kind of want to have a an enclosed free range then because chickens love to dig they love to take dirt baths and they love mulch they love to jump into your freshly lean mulch and dig it all up and create little divots for them to sit in and take a little sun bath so yeah if you want a nice looking property free range chickens is definitely not on your list of things which I'd like our property to look a little bit better, but that's gonna be a big conversation with the lovely misses that I already know I will not win. So there's no point in having it. So, there you go. But anyway, so, looking at it hearing this noise. I'm like, what the heck is that noise? My wife came home and 
It's like, hey, did you see the pheasant? And I went, no. Was I supposed to? I realized it was on my list of things to do today. And uh, yeah, she pointed out the group of them. There's five of them. There's a male and his four females. And I don't know if there's a, a mama pheasant and then baby pheasants, or if, uh, you know, this is the Mac Daddy of pheasant, and he happens to have a lot of girlfriends that are following him around. Don't know, don't know how that works in the pheasant world. Um, don't particularly care. I just know they've moved in. So they've been on our property now for the last two days, and they seem to be pretty okay with that. So I have a feeling come this winter, when it starts to get a lot cooler, I think the pheasants will not be staying outside. I think they will be, we will find them making a way into our barn with the rest of the chickens. So it has to get someplace warm. So we'll see. We'll see. But yes, I, uh, I saw one and filmed one taking a dirt bath. And you guessed it, our mulch in the back of the house, which I guess is fine because our chickens have already destroyed everything that I did there. So, you know, it looks like hell. <laughs> Let me be honest with you, it looks like hell now. It looked good when I put it down for about four days. And yeah, fresh mulch is not something a chicken that's allowed to ramp roam free is gonna miss. And they didn't. So, and they're indiscriminate as to where they're gonna kick it. So, you know, they kick some of it into the lawn, they kick some of it onto other plants because they don't care. They just want a little divot to sit in and take their little sun bath. So. They're kind of a destructive bird, actually, but they're one of the few living dinosaurs still walking the planet, so there you go. All right. So there it is. I have <coughs> the Swiss family pheasant on my property now. When I thought they were quails, I was initially naming them Dan Quail and Fam, after, of course, our one of our previous vice presidents. Although he spelled his name differently than the bird, but you get the reference. Unless you're a millennial, and then you don't. According to the metrics for this show, though, don't have a ton of millennials that listen. So. so I think a healthy cross-section of this audience got the Dan Quill reference. 
which is good. It doesn't make me feel so old. in the distance, which right now is west. And they're saying we might get some rain here on about noon. So, another reason to do this early. We have had our fair share of rain this summer. In fact, and I don't know who I was saying this to, um, this year, my friends here in South Central PA would agree, we have had basically only two types of days this year for this summer, which theoretically, at least in the States, ends tomorrow on Labor Day. It doesn't. Meteorological summer doesn't end until the 21st of September, but yeah, social summer, I guess you'd call it, right? That ends on Monday. So. But anyway, we had two types of days, 100 plus or rain. Literally, if you go back and you look at this, this week, this week, this, this summer, um, I'd say 90% of every day we got falls into one of those two categories. It's going to be 100 plus, or it's going to rain. And I don't mean like, eh, you're going to get like a quarter inch of rain, right? No, 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 it's going to rain. So, half inch or better. And we're an area that can easily get an inch of rain. Um, I know I've mentioned this in the past. And my Solvay fans can confirm this. Because, of course, Solvay being a suburb of Syracuse, you know, a half an inch of rain in Syracuse is a lot of rain. I mean, people kind of freak out when they hear a half an inch of rain that's coming. All right? Because Syracuse doesn't get a ton of rain all at once. So we'll get a ton of snow all at once, and everybody there is used to that. So yeah, you're getting five inches and everybody yawns. But you're getting a half inch of rain, and everyone's kind of like, oh my gosh, bad weather. And an inch of rain is like unheard of. Happens every so often, but it's unheard of. So we're here, it's the reverse, you know? We're getting two inches of snow and everyone freaks out. We're getting two inches of rain and people go, eh, summer storm. You know, it's just, it's weird. It's very weird. So needless to say, because we've had so much rain, our ground was pretty, pretty saturated. And basically it can, can only handle about a half an inch of rain and at that point it's done ain't no more room all that's going to just roll off the ground and go find a place to uh to pile up well 
I definitely did here on Wednesday. Because we got the remnants of Ida that came through here and dumped somewhere, depending upon where you live, anywhere in my area from about four inches of rain at the least. Pretty certain everybody in my area got at least four inches of rain, but most people got five plus. And where I am, we got six plus. I think we just, just beat six, six inches of rain here um, in a 24 hour period. So it's a lot of water that needs to go places. So obviously we have some flooding issues. Uh, <clears throat> it destroyed lots of roads. In my county alone, we had 80 roads that were closed on Thursday because of destruction from, you know, roughly six inches of water that fell out of the sky. So, there's lots of creeks and streams here. So, in that respect, we're good for that, hey, we're getting two inches of water all at once because there's lots of places for that water to go. But pretty much once you get above that, not so much, not so much. It's gonna go in your yard or in your basement or in your street. So. So yeah, good news for me, good news and bad news is I live on the side of a hill. So any water that hits my property ain't sticking around long because gravity's going to take care of that. Bad news is I live in the middle of the side of a hill. So anything that falls uphill is coming my way. So, <clears throat> so back in 2003 we had what's referred to as a swale cut in capture the water from uphill and divert it from the house and shoot it into the backyard and then around the back of the barn and then down the hill so it will fall in between my two neighbors property so I'm not shooting it towards my my neighbor's house. That one would be very nice. So, all right. Have a lady walking her dog in front, so we're probably gonna get quiet pretty soon. So we don't sound like we're talking to ourselves, even though we are. So, all right. Here's the boy. So she's corralled her dog. I know the dog, he's friendly. Good morning.
Hey, pup. I know. It's good weather for a walk, isn't it? All right. Have a good day. Do you hear that? You know how friendly people are here. It's one of the things I love about this area. You address people, and you get a kindly, friendly address back. That's something all of you will get to see firsthand when you arrive here this week. Because it's Sunday, we started a new week. Unless you're looking at a Spanish calendar, which starts on Monday. Otherwise, your calendar starts on Sunday. Today's the first day. So, yeah. <coughs> when you arrive here at the end of this week, you'll get to see how pleasant and friendly people are here. Because as a general rule, that is what they are. Yeah, there's always a there's always an ass hat thrown in for for seasoning, right? Every place has their ass hat. But for the most part, people are decent here. So we'll talk more about bird and hands in a bit. keep an eye on my time today because one of the things for bird in hand is I want to be able to keep up a pace and comfortably chat I want to know what that pace is so part of the reason for doing a long run today so I can say well I ran 10 miles this past Sunday and I recorded a podcast, so I talked the whole time, and I did a whatever pace, so I can obviously do that. So, you can call this kind of like a, a training run for talking for 13.1 miles. That might be the, might be the title that just showed up. Anyway, so before we, well, which topic do I want next? Do I want to do the podcast topic, or do I want to do the bird in hand topic? Oh, what the heck. Most people listening to this are probably waiting with bated breath, which hopefully means you haven't had a bunch of worms in your mouth, but uh, I'm waiting for the discussion, chatter, banter, chit chat about bird in hand. So let's chit chat about bird in hand. Anyway, so this Saturday, September 11th. Is the Burton Hand Half Marathon. And, as I've mentioned before, I have a number of friends 
were coming into town to run that race. But are they coming to run that race? Yes and no. I think the primary reason all those folks are coming is because all those other folks I mentioned are coming. Not so much coming for the race, it's coming for an excuse to hang out together. Because again, you know, this, this pandemic has certainly, certainly laid a, a sucker punch to running in general and running related activities like races and meetups and things like that. So, you know, it's nice that we're finally to a point where we can start doing this stuff as a group again. And as I've mentioned a number of other places, basically unless the county or the governor makes some sort of proclamation in the next six days, this race is going to happen. <clears throat> and just so you understand a little of the politics. I don't want to get heavy into politics because no one comes here for politics. Most of you don't live here, so just to understand the politics here, my governor just put out a mandate that all kids have to wear masks in schools. After basically spending several months saying, no, 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 we want to leave it up to the districts until the districts didn't do what he wanted them to. And so then he mandated everybody. Well, that's already being challenged. It's not even effective law yet. That doesn't even happen until Tuesday, this Tuesday. It's already being challenged. So, so yeah. So that's where my governor comes down on this. And then again, I don't bring this up to start a debate. <coughs> But I will say, and this is just a general statement, it really frustrates me to the core, since my background is in medicine, to listen to so many people talk about following the science and then going out and making statements that are absolutely adrift of any kind of scientific background. All right, they are such an anti-science statement that, again, it's frustrating because this is a complicated issue. So there are no simple answers. People that give you simple answers are lying to you. I don't care what side you fall on, there are no simple answers. You have to be an adult. You have to make adult decisions. You have to look at all the the evidence, not just the evidence from the side that you like. So, and that's where I tend to come down on all things political. You know, no side gets it 100% right. So look at all the data and make an adult decision, not an emotional one. So, anyway, more than enough for this show. wave off that topic now but anyway so so yeah so. 
I said, unless one of those two people come out and make some sort of broad statement, this race is happening. So. So there it is. I'm looking forward to seeing everybody. So, race. So, I have never planned a get-together this big before. So this has definitely been, um, it's been an education. I mean that in a good way. Um, you know, there's that idea that you think you know what's involved. You know, we'll throw this out to all the parents out there, right? You thought you knew it was involved in raising a child until you had one. And then you were all like, holy crap. I didn't know that this was part of the deal. Or that, you know, this was part of the deal. Right? The real education happened once you started really doing it. And all that stuff you thought you knew, you realized, in a large part, was nonsense. <coughs> right? Because there are just some things that you can't look at and really understand. You have to get your hands into it. So, I think we're not going to miss my rain showers. So I think I'm going to get a little bit of sprinkling on me. It doesn't sound like it's going to open up, but... I'm going to get a little bit of a sprinkle here. So, again, not that my area needs any more rain. We could do for two weeks of dry, but if it needs to rain on a weekend, better this one than the next one. Right? Because I didn't learn anything from six inches of rain <coughs> coming down the hill at on Wednesday. It was definitely prior to that looking at the four folks in Louisiana and the folks who got the rain after me in places like New Jersey and New York City to know that, you know what? Okay, it wasn't good, but it could have been a heck of a lot worse. So be grateful for the fact that it wasn't. So, perspective, right? Just assume not have any rain today, but it has to rain on a weekend. I'm happy it's this weekend and not next weekend. So I think this is just going to end up being some some stray raindrops. I don't see anything in the distance that looks particularly threatening, and we're not supposed to have anything particularly threatening today anyway. So but there it is. All right, so education, because the, the learning never stops. So, yeah. So initially, you know, my thoughts here was, you know, I'm not planning the race. I'm not a race director here. I mean, the race already existed. They're doing all that work for me, right? I mean, all I'm really doing is inviting a lot of people to come and hang out together. How hard can that be? 
Well, good news, it's not incredibly hard. I've done much harder things in my life. But there was definitely more to it than I thought. So I have a new appreciation for race directors who are trying to do this on a grander scale. You know, put together a race and have people show and get the course and get the permission to run on the roads and get the police protection, get the volunteers, train the volunteers, get the supplies, just all the stuff that, you know, just goes into putting on a race, you know? So, <clears throat> so I can say that one positive I've already gotten out of this is that when I'm running around the course on burden hand with whomever I'm running with, as is going to be my plan, because I'm going to do this to hang out with people, not to go for a PR. I'm definitely going to be thinking at times, you know what? There was all these decisions that had to happen from somebody or some group of people for me to actually be here on this lonely piece of Lancaster County Road in between these two rows of corn. So, yep. Definitely going to be forefront during that 13-mile run. So, so, in advance, thank you to all you people who were involved in that decision or in the execution of that decision. Thank you very much. It is much appreciated. We'll say that, of course, to them in person, but... <coughs> it's important to say it whenever you think it. Even if you're the only person to hear it. Because you will hear it. There are some things that just become a lot more a lot more personal, a lot more real when you actually talk about them. Not to weigh into a, a more dark subject, but of course my background is in helping people who have mental illness and substance abuse. That's very true about that. You know? You're only as sick as your secrets. One of the common phrases we would always use, and it's very true. You know, you're only as sick as the things you don't tell anybody. So, once you open up and you let another human being know, and guess what? I'm a flawed individual too. That's when things start to get better. So, yeah. Feel free to steal that and use that if you want. You're only as sick as your secrets. So, there you go. Anyway. What are we doing now? We're doing at 1140. That's good. I have a friend who was looking at like 1130 for a pace. So, so right now I'm running around there. That's when I kind of figured to be able to to chat and so forth. I figure I'm probably somewhere between 
11, 20, and 12. That's probably my my area right there. So anyway, back to the bird and the hand. So anyway, so we have we have a dinner coming up on Friday. My good buddy Dwayne took the lead on that, getting the caterer and getting the pavilion and to the local park. It's actually not far from the start. So that's all set up. We'll have that ready to go so that people can stop by around four-ish. Have a little hangout. Five o'clock, have some pasta, as is most people's want prior to a big race. And some more socialization before wishing each other well and going back to their homes for those of us who live here or their temporary home for those of us who are we're visiting. And then we meet the following morning. So, so hopefully enough people will show up early so we can get a shot with the balloons. Because the weather is nice, they will launch a bunch of hot air balloons. There's actually a hot air balloon outfit, school, I'm not sure what it is, but a group that, that this is what they do, all right? I don't know whether they do it as recreation or as a business or a little of both, but they do it. It's right in that area. So they all show up. And back in 2019, which was the last time this race happened in person, I think. I think we had almost 15 balloons launch uh, that morning, so. So if you show up before the sun rises, these guys are already there in the infield or thereabouts, right? Whatever you call that. Getting their balloons ready. And some of them are already inflating their balloons because pretty much right at sunrise, these guys go up, so, you know, seeing, seeing a bunch of balloons in that big flame that they have to heat the air in their balloons, you know, at night, so these balloons light up, it's just, it's gorgeous, it's, it's not to be missed, it's, it's part of the race that you really should be there for, um, to make sure you see that. So, I like to get a shot of folks with those balloons. Of course, you want to get a shot with everybody after the race with their brand new used horseshoe medal. So, it's a rather unique medal. These are all previously used Amish horseshoes. And of course, Amish don't throw anything away. They find
find a purpose for it. So these used horseshoes that are no good for a horse anymore. I get a bunch of them. And they, uh, they weld a little plaque on them. Tie some leather around for a neckband. And there's your metal. get another metal that looks like that and in fact I mean they're called a metal with a D right but most metals with a D don't have a lot of metal with a T in them right well this will definitely be the most metal with a T you'll have hanging around your neck as a metal with a D. So, it's good stuff. It's good stuff. You really feel like you've earned something when they put that sucker around your neck. That's, it's got some heft to it. So, there you go. But at last count, we had 40-ish people that are coming. Still have some folks I wasn't able to reach because they didn't send me their contact info. So I've been trying to put info in places where they would see it that I go or pass it on to folks who are still on the Book of Faces so that they can point it up. And then maybe they'll see it there. Really trying to uh, do the shotgun approach to information. So if you don't get it one spot, maybe you'll get it somewhere else. And <clears throat> surprisingly, because again, I've been yakking about this race since April. That's when I first postulated, it's a word for you to look up, Salve, the idea that, hey, we got this race coming here. It's a week after Labor Day, so you're not on vacation anymore. Right? Doesn't interfere with your Labor Day plans. <clears throat> and uh, it's a great race. It's near a number of people who are coming. Why don't you just all come over? Morning. get this. I don't know if I would call it a premonition. More of a gut feeling, but again, what is a premonition, right? Other than a gut feeling, right? You know, extrasensory awareness. I get this every so often about ideas. You know, no, this is an idea. This could work. In fact, I think if I do it, it will. <clears throat> I've actually done that with the lottery every, every so often. I don't play the lottery. Because the odds are absolutely not in your favor. Now, they're in your favor if you win. But the amount of times you'd have to play in order to win a sizable amount of money 
mathematically speaking, is so large that you'd be better off taking that money and investing it. You'd have more money at the end of a 20 year period than you would from all the money you won in the lottery. So, it's bad math, but you know, every so often, you know, it gets to be like $800 million. You're like, all right, it's two bucks. I don't expect to win, but you know what? Can't win if you don't have a ticket. And would it be fun to win $800 million? I think so. Maybe it wouldn't. Maybe it would be a giant pain in the ass with all the people who'd want stuff from you. I don't know. I don't know. I've never won that kind of money, so I couldn't tell you. But there you go. Let's do our turnaround here. Just a second. Alright, bluebird box. So there's our bluebird box, which is actually red. And we've turned around. Heading back. So. Anyway. So again, I just had this, you know, gut feeling. I was like, you know what? If I put this together, you know, I do some work and say, hey, come on, come on out. We're going to organize this thing. This thing's going to be awesome. My gut, my gut just told me it was going to. So. And. I still have six days to find out, but. It appears my gut was right. So, and yeah. By the way, the lottery thing, I've never won a lot of money. Um, had that happen two or three times, it's not like a lot. I'm just like, nope, gotta buy a ticket. Because I'm gonna win. I know I'm gonna win. I actually just did that in May. It was that ginormous Powerball prize around Memorial Day here in the States. I was down in Georgia and I said, nope, gotta go and buy a ticket because I'm gonna win. If I buy it, I'm gonna win. And I bought a ticket and I did win. I won two bucks, I won my money back, but I did win. And it's that kind of stuff, you know. I'm gonna win and I'll get $10, you know. Usually the only time I ever play the lottery. And then you get the little gut saying, now do it. You're gonna win. Now sometimes the gut's wrong. But not usually. Not usually. I'd say specifically with the lottery, I'd say probably 60 to 70% of the time, somewhere in there. And I get that gut feeling, I should go play the lottery, and I do, that I win something. Again, it's two dollars. You know, it's seven dollars. And uh, I've never won more than, I think, have I even won ten dollars? I don't even think I have. I think I've only won seven dollars. I think I won seven dollars once, because I got three numbers. <coughs> so, so yeah, so there it is. 
but you know how many times a year do I get that good feeling maybe not one you know so it's not a big end number for those of you who speak statistics right the total sample size is very small but of that small sample size I'd say 60 or 70 percent of the time you know so that's the same thing with like prizes and things like that I've I've done that with raffles and things like that no if I put my money here I'm gonna win and I have so like I said the sample size is very small does not happen a lot because if it did well then mathematically my odds of winning a lot more money would start to go up wouldn't they so there you are so alright but enough of the lottery and back to bird in hand so yep we've got my friend Suzanne who is showing up to camp at our house for the weekend so this will be the first time my friend Suzanne has actually met my wife so I'll have a Susie and a Suzanne in my house imagine that so. and of course Suzanne is definitely looking forward to meeting Reagan Suzanne know yesterday that Reagan will be meeting her at the airport. So, so yeah, so now of course the dog will not be coming into the airport. That's not going to happen. Dog's gonna wait in the car. But Harrisburg's a small regional airport. I mean technically it's called Harrisburg International, and that's because they have one flight that goes to Canada. So they can call themselves international. But uh, yeah, they're essentially a regional airport. You know? And uh, yeah, actually during COVID, I mean they have been a regional airport because of course you can't you can't go to Canada <laughs> for the more for the large part of uh, of COVID tide. You couldn't go there. So there probably weren't any flights on Air Canada from Harrisburg to Pearson International Airport, which is the gigantic airport in Toronto. And of course, you can tell I'm not a native Torontonian because I say the whole all of the T's, Toronto. Again, that whole language thing. Pennsylvanians don't say the L. We don't say Pennsylvania. Somebody born and raised here will say Pennsylvania and drop the L. And Torontonians will drop that last T and just say Toronto instead of Toronto. Just kind of slurred into Toronto. And I know that because I've taken several trips to 
Toronto. My early 20s, I even thought about moving to Toronto. Because at least in the early 90s anyway, a gorgeous city. Incredibly clean, very nice people. Certainly no complaints with the beer. And uh, yeah, I actually gave it a thought. So, and surprisingly, Toronto gets less snow than Syracuse because they're on the north side of Lake Ontario. So they don't get the lake effect. They just get regular storms. I think Toronto gets about 40 to 60 inches of snow a year, which for most people is a lot. But in an average year, Syracuse gets 120. And most of that was created by Lake Ontario. I've gotten more than that, of course, but somewhere around the 120s is their average from year to year. So, otherwise, Toronto's not remarkably colder than Syracuse. And actually, Toronto, because of where they are, is actually sunnier than Syracuse. So, for a number of reasons, I had given it a thought. I, of course, did not do that. So, there it is. But, hi. Where are we at? All right. We're coming up on mile five, so halfway. buddy Carlos was also over on the east side of Canada originally although I think he was in Montreal oh, Montreal au français of course it's just French for Mount Royal Montreal Wouldn't have been a chance they would have bumped into Carlos. Because Toronto's probably, I don't know, I think it's probably like a four hour drive on the 401, which in Quebec is not the 401. It becomes Route 40. I mean, as soon as you hit that border, boom, it is no longer the 401. That's Canadians call it, which is their major route across Canada. Nope. As soon as you hit the border of Quebec, you see a big sign that says, Bienvenue à Quebec. And then in tiny, tiny little English letters, Somewhere hidden at the bottom. Welcome to Quebec. 
401 goes away, and it becomes Route 40. Why? Because that's the way the Quebecois wanted it. Probably for no other reason. They're going to let you know you are no longer in an English-speaking province. They are very proud of the fact that their heritage is French. So, which is cool. Um, one of the pitfalls, I suppose, there's that word again, of uh, living so close to the Canadian border, which I did, is that, you know, the differences between an English-speaking Canadian and an American blur, which is a good thing, I suppose, right? Because they don't look at you as like this, you know, Martian that just landed in my, in my country, you know? You're not a different species, right? You're still just a person. And so, you know, those distinctions get blurred since you live so close. So, you know, every time we would go, my friends and I would take the two-hour drive north over the bridge and into Canada just to, as we like to say, make sure Canada was still there because we were bored. We had nothing to do for an afternoon and we were going to hang out for five, six hours anyway, so why not just hop in the truck Take a two-hour drive to Canada, cross the border, get some McDonald's, pay with American money, uh, pay an exact amount in American money, then have them give you change back, because American money was worth more. <coughs> get a crappy exchange rate, but still, you know, have some poor Canadian tell you that burger will be $3.00. And you give them three American dollars, knowing that this guy or gal has to give you change, because the American dollar, in relation to the Canadian dollar, is 40 cents greater. So that's roughly 40 cents on the dollar you're going to give me back. Of course, I give it to the Canadian money. But still. You find some place to blow that in Canada before you came back. Unless it was a coin. And a Canadian paper currency is worthless in the US. No one will take it. Uh, the banks. The banks will take it. And uh, give you a proper exchange rate, which means, oh, here's your dollar. Here's 60 cents back. And it's like, oh, this is not so much fun the other way. So. But, yeah, so, you know, hanging out with Canadians and, you know, when you do that, when you hang out with other people, you very quickly realize, well, you know what, they're not, they're not anything, anything different. They're just other people. We speak the same language. There's no barrier there. Well, let me tell you, first time I went into Quebec, let me tell you, that was the first time I felt like I entered a foreign country, even though I've been to Canada, geez, 
hundred times. That's not an overstatement. Probably been there a hundred times. I crossed that border. We all find you on Quebec. Welcome to Quebec. Yep. Immediately. I felt like I was in a foreign country. Everything changed. The street signs changed. I mean, even like in English-speaking Canada, so Ontario, I'm talking about. I mean, even their street signs look like our street signs. Except they have a crown on them. Okay, that's your thing. Cool. But I can still read them. You know, it's still the same signage that we use in the States. There's nothing surprising here. Get to Quebec. Now you have European street signs. All these symbols and things are like, what the heck does that mean? You know? What does the penguin points left mean? Not that they have that, but literally it's like that bizarre coming from the States. It's like, what is this? But again, it was cool. I enjoyed my four days in Montreal. I'd go back. I'd definitely go back. Alright. It's time for a tailwind break. this up sooner rather than later because I'm looking at my battery meter and I don't think I have a lot more battery left so let's wrap this up and put a bow on it so of course burden hand is coming talk a bit about that You'll hear a lot more about Burden Hand in the next episode. And it will not, I repeat, not be just me talking. In fact, I may be the person that talks the least in the next episode. So, there you go. But I mentioned that because I wanted to talk about podcasting. I mentioned this on my other show that I do, called I Was Just Thinking, that I was just thinking I might want to do a proper podcast. What does that mean? It means a show that actually has set topics, um, isn't just a gorilla podcast. That's, of course, gorilla with a G-U, not a G-O. And of course, that's what this is. It's grab a mic, go for a run, and speak extemporaneously. Another big word for you, Solomon. That means on the fly. It means off the top of your head. Say whatever you're thinking. See, there you are. I do care about you, Solomon, folks. 
you said before, you only pick on people that you like. So, where does a badge of honor solve me? Anyway. So, where were we? So, yeah, so podcast. So, thinking about doing a proper podcast. So, I'm in the research phase right now. Because the last thing I want to do is, you know, bite off more than I can chew. All kinds of analogies here today, huh? All kinds of phrases. It's the phraseology show, I think, today. But I've done that before. I did that for the very first podcast I tried back in, I want to say it's 2012. I believe that's when I did um, the Garmin Marathon in Olathe, Kansas, which is really just the suburb of Kansas City, Missouri. But, yeah, it's very, very eastern Kansas. And I want to say that race was in 2012. and That's when I think I started that. So I think I started that in 2012. And, you know, I was trying to do a proper show. So, you know, part of it would be a sit-down talking into a mic. I've got a topic I'm going to discuss. You know, we'll do a product review. We'll have an interview. I actually interviewed Bart Yazzo for that show. Um, I want to say episode three of that show. It was called uh, Runners Anonymous. It's still out there. You can still find it. You have to look under a rock because there's only seven episodes before I bagged it. Because I had some very unrealistic expectations about what's going to happen with a podcast once you start it, which I no longer have. I have definitely been disabused of those notions. So I have a much more eyes wide open, realistic understanding of how this genre of communication works, or in some cases doesn't work, maybe even more properly stated, so, but, yep, I was actually mowing my lawn, I had this idea, and I talked about, you know what, if I did this, this could be freaking awesome, this would really, really be good, but, alright, well, we've been there before. One of the things I like about this show, and my other one I do, is it happens when I want it to. I'm not on a schedule. I'm not required to give you a show every week or every month. You know? So when I have material, that's when you get a show. Alright? So there's nobody looking over my shoulder saying, we want our product. Alright? Even if it's self-imposed kind of a feeling, right? It doesn't exist. You get it when I give it to you. Which sounds kind of nasty, but it's the reality. These shows happen when I decide they're going to happen. So, there's no pressure there. 
or is that internal to want to put something out but if you're going to do a proper show well then you do have to kind of knuckle down and go so there you go phraseology again you do have to knuckle down and say okay I'm going to commit to this time period and you know every so many whatevers days weeks months I'm going to produce this for you so I thought about that I can tell you right now it will not be a weekly show that's just too much work it's too much work guys alright the vast majority of people doing this are doing this for free people that are doing this to make money for the most part don't make a lot of it so this ain't a job this is an avocation alright another word to look up and no I'm not going to define that one for you look it up so but yeah this is this is not a vocation it's an avocation so I do this because I enjoy doing it I'm by nature just tipping the scale on the Myers-Briggs personality scale of an extrovert. I'm not a crazy extrovert. I'm not like 100%, but yeah, I'm like 55, 45, 60, 40, leaning more towards the extrovert than the introvert. So I like talking. I like interacting with people. Because I like people. And when I'm done interacting with people, again, assuming that interaction went well, of course, right? No one feels good after a bad interaction, but assuming that interaction went well, I feel even more energized. That is a classic sign of an, of an extrovert. Whereas, if you're a stone-cold introvert, it isn't that you don't like people, although you might not really like people that much. You might not like interacting that much. All right? You might like the interior life, as it were. And you can hang around other people and have a good time. But when you're done, you're wiped. That's my wife. All right? She is a stone-cold introvert. All right? There's actually a shirt I see out on the interwebs now. That's, it's a gag shirt, basically says, you know. I have, there's three people on the planet that I like and my dog or something like that, right? That's my wife, I know. She's a very small number of friends, but they're very, 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 very close. And that's it. And everybody else she's pleasant to. But yeah, she's not a big fan of crowds. Not a big fan of lots of people. She's a very quiet person. So now you know how the opposites attract thing worked in our relationship. Right? 
There you go. But she is coming for the for the dinner, so you will get to meet her if you're coming. But I got her to agree to do that. But yeah, normally I'm gonna go hang out with my friend. She's like, great, have a good time. Let me know how it went. We go places. We tend to go early. Or on days that they're not going to be crowded. You know, movies and things like that. Yep. She ain't kidding. She ain't a big fan of crowds. And you'd never know that to talk to her. Alright. Lovely human being. Of course I'm biased, but... I'd say that even if I wasn't married to her for the last 21 years now, I know, lovely person to talk to, but, yep, after an evening with a bunch of people, she'll come home, she's like, I'm drained, I'm totally drained, and I'm like, yeah, I'm ready to go, I think I'll stay up until 3 o'clock in the morning, so, yep, extrovert versus introvert, so, so yeah, so that's part of the reason why I like this. It just, it makes my extrovert side very happy. So, there you go. So. So yeah, so. So there's that, but. Yeah, I'm thinking right now monthly. You know, pick a time in the month, you know, the last the last Sunday of the month, or some day to basically commit to um, for a proper show, because there are things that you can only do in a proper podcast that you can't do in this, you know, JD or Jim on the Run stuff, right? Whichever name you know me by. Both are fine with me. There you go. So, you know, I mean, it would be neat if you could do interviews and you could get the interview E to do it on a run. I think that would be fun, right? I know. A buddy of mine who just interviewed a, uh, a person who's got a, a sunglass company. And that was a great interview, but of course it was a standard interview. I'm here, you're there. We're talking over Skype or Zoom or whatever. And we're recording it. And there you go. You know, a little extra flavor to that would be, all right, we're gonna be in the same place. I'm gonna have a mic like this. And you and I are gonna go for a run. And you're gonna talk to me about your product. Well, that would be fun. So, right? You know, or, you know, go find somebody knowledgeable about some sort of running-related item, you know, whether it be medical or social or whatever, and take them for a run and go talk to them. But needless to say, that includes a lot of travel or paying 
for their travel to make it here, you know, and that's where it gets expensive. So, if, if I did win $800 million, that's definitely something I would do with that money because I'd have money to spend. And I would do a podcast like that, but I don't have that kind of money. So, have to be a little bit more pragmatic about what I really do. There's your word again to look up again, pragmatic. So, reasonable is a reasonable facsimile for the word pragmatic. All right, what can you really do? <coughs> so, put down a list of things I always thought I'd like to see in a show. <coughs> put out a, uh, a little message in some spots asking folks to say, hey, there was a new podcast about running. What would you want there to be in it? To make it interesting for you to listen. Again, <coughs> if you're going to do a proper one, you know, still have to do it because you want to. That's always paramount. But it doesn't make sense to do a proper show, spend all that time, if you're not going to get a bunch of people who listen to it. So you do have to take into account what people are willing to listen to before you jump into this. So that's why I say I'm in the exploration phase, the contemplative phase. I want to make sure I don't bite off more than I can chew. I don't put the cart before the horse. And I don't do many, use too many phrases. And I drive you nuts in this podcast. Because <clears throat> then you might miss the forest for the trees. Some more thoughts about that. So, when I make a a decision, I will certainly let you know because I like letting you know. Hence the extrovert tendencies. But I'm running into the end of my battery, so I'm coming up on a hard stop here. So we'll end this here. Thanks for listening. Thanks for giving me some of your day to jabber on, to chit-chat, to banter, possibly even ballyhoo, if it has been that exciting, you know? But hopefully not Donnybrook, because we don't want this to be contentious. Should not be. It was not the intention anyway. <clears throat> it was not the intention to make this a diatribe. So, there you go. There's your homework, so I'll write a bunch of words. And you know why. Because the learning never ends. So, until we speak again, be well, be safe. If I see you at burden hand, then I will see you at burden hand. And I will be most joyful. That sounds very old English. Pray tell I shall be most joyful to make your acquaintance on that day. 
Pip, pip. <clears throat> I'll be happy to see you. There you go. So, take care. And since my buddy Anthony is not here to say it, I will say it for him. Toodles.